Hi, everyone. This is your 1001 Stories Network host, John Hagedorn. And I want to thank each and every one of you listeners for the support you've given 1001 Stories from the Old West. Kevin Sykes will return in the fall with a bunch of great Old West history. But during the meantime, we'll be running episodes of the old radio show, Tales of the Texas Rangers, which features actual stories from the files of the Texas Rangers from about 1936 through the late 40s. This show did very well from 1950 to 52 on NBC Radio and was successful in transitioning to TV on CBS from 1955 to 1958. I especially enjoy the episodes where they go after him on horseback. That still happens today in rough country where they need to go after fugitives on horseback, keeping America's past alive. It's time for another episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. Hope you enjoy it. The Dennis Day Show returns to the air at this hour the first week in October. Remember the Dennis Day Show beginning here October 7th. Presenting Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. On stage tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another in NBC's parade of exciting half-hour presentations. of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tonight's case, play for keeps. Five minutes past midnight on December 12th, several years ago, Sheriff Bob Smithers of Bradshaw County, Texas, staged a raid on a gambling establishment located on a country road. But there were no patrons in the house, and the sheriff's face grew dark red as he and the local constable failed to find any evidence. There's nothing in the upstairs room either, Sheriff. You're sure of that, huh, Jim? Not even a deck of cards. See, Sheriff, like I told you, I quit the racket. Yet this is the fourth time this year you rousted me out of bed. I know you're operating, Walton. And I'm going to get you for it. You're not going to milk the citizens of this county. Not while I'm sheriff. Look, sheriff, this happens to be my house. Warrant or no warrant, you finished your business here. How about getting out? I guess we might as well go, sheriff. No, Jim. We're going to stay a minute. I want to talk to Walton. And you. About what? I was sure of this raid tonight, Jim. Dead sure. Just like I've been sure the last three times, because only you and me ever knew about them. I didn't tell nobody but you, Jim. You, the constable. <laughs> Sounds like he's accusing you of tipping me off, Dunn. I know he tipped you, Walton. Better watch what you're saying, Bob. All that talk about law and order and wanting to uphold him. Let me see your wallet, Jim. Take it out and let me see it. Now, wait a minute, Sheriff. You shut up. Come on, Jim. I want to see if you're carrying the kind of money an honest man gets for being a peace officer. What I carry on me is my own business. Why, you cheap two-bit snake. Nothing cheap about a few hundred once in a while. Be smart, Sheriff. Get a few for yourself. Why don't you listen to him, Sheriff? He's talking sense. Come on, both of you. I'm taking you in. You can't make anything stick. Maybe not. But I'm going to make this county too hot for both of you. I'm going to run you out of it. Keep your hands off me, Sheriff. You're under arrest. Grab him, Walton. I just I got him. Just hold him, fool, while I get his gun. I got him. Don't Don, you. You killed him. No, no. No, you killed him. You grabbed his gun and killed him. He was after you, Walton. I got a gun of my own, and I'm the constable. Are you setting me up for a frame? Not necessarily, Walton. It's up to you. His body could be moved out of here. What's your play? 
What do you want? No more chicken mash. Fifty percent of your take, and you can go right on operating. With him dead, you crazy fool? You're forgetting something, Walton. I'm top dog now. And investigating this murder will be my job until a new sheriff is appointed. <laughs> but I don't think I'm going to be able to solve it. The body of Sheriff Smithers was found the next morning, dumped in a ditch by the side of an old wagon road. During the next few days, Constable Jim Dunn conducted a seemingly honest but fruitless investigation, even following the efficient peace officer's routine of making use of the state lab facilities at Austin. But citizens of Bradshaw were not satisfied, nor was the editor of the Bradshaw Times. Clippings of his editorials were on file with Captain Stinson of the Texas Rangers. And the captain sent for Ranger Jace Pearson. You want to see me, Captain? Yeah, Jace, sit down. There's no acting sheriff appointed by the court of Bradshaw County here, Jace. I think you better take over. About the killing of Sheriff Smithers? Mm -hmm. I'd like to. I knew Smithers. See, that's right. You worked with him about five years ago. When he first took office. Cleaned that county up in three months and cleaned it good. Well, it doesn't look like it stayed clean, Jace. Not according to this editorial clipping from the Bradshaw Times. I've read it. It's going to be a tough one, Jace. No clue to the killer, and the trail has had a couple of days to cool off. Well, and I'd better get going before it gets any cooler. You'll hear from me. Uh, Jace. Yeah, Captain? I just want to remind you, whoever did it doesn't hesitate to kill a man wearing a badge. Bradshaw in the early morning. The town was waking up and the Bradshaw Times was turning out its bi-weekly edition. I went in to see the editor, Frank Carlin. So you read my editorials, huh? Well, I'm glad no somebody's reading. Yeah, you've got readers, all right. People been clipping them out and mailing them into our headquarters. Yeah, I guess there's always a handful of people to hold out. Wonder what the world would do without them. Everybody was so burned the day of the killing. Then in 48 hours, they want to forget it. It's always that way. How about the constable, Jim Dunn? Oh, he's all right, I guess. But he's only been constable for a year. He just doesn't have the experience. It'll take the court a couple more days to decide on a new sheriff. I better knock out a story on your rangers coming in. Might wake the people up again. I'd rather you didn't, Mr. Carlin. I'll, I'll be around, and they'll know soon enough. Oh. See what you mean. Want me to lay off the editorials for a while? If you don't mind. You know, Sheriff and I are on different sides of the fence politically, but he was an honest man and I liked him. I got a headline back there all set and gathering dust. It says, Sheriff's Killer Caught. Ranger, give me a chance to use it. place to park my horse trailer and put charcoal in a pasture. Then I headed for the constable's office and met Constable Jim Dunn. There are all the reports in my investigations, Ranger. You think I haven't done a good job, maybe those will change your mind. I even checked ballistics with the Austin lab. My being here isn't a criticism of you, Mr. Dunn. I'm here because I was sent until a new sheriff is appointed and to give you help. I've done everything possible. I've questioned almost a hundred people. I've checked alibis on more than a dozen possible suspects. It's all there. Yeah. Everything's here. Everything except the murderer. And that's the only thing I'm interested in seeing, Mr. Dunn. A little cooperation between us might clean it up. I'm... I'm sorry I blew, Ranger. It's been getting under my skin. This murder could have been committed by anybody. Some bum from a hobo jungle, some drunk, anybody. We can't arrest anybody. We've got to arrest somebody. Somebody definite. Now, exactly where was the body found? Old Wagon Road bypasses town about two miles north. Is it fit for a car? Yeah, but you've got to go round about to get to it. Almost 11 miles. You won't find nothing there, though. I'd like to take a look anyhow. Can't we cut cross-country on horses? Yeah, shorter if you want it. I want to. My horse is in a pasture. I'll meet you at the edge of town in five minutes.
body was found just a little further on. You can see the road now. Not much of a road left. No use for it anymore. Sheriff must have had some reason for using it if he came way out here. Hey, here we are. Move one. Oh, charcoal. Oh, boy. The sheriff's car was found right over here by the side of the road. Where was he? Lying right beside it. Been dead about seven, eight hours when he was found. Who found him? Cowpoke, looking for some strays. Mm, That's lucky. Otherwise, the body might have been here for a few days or even weeks before somebody came across it. Yeah. You get pictures of the position of the car and the body? Of course I did. Anything else? Yeah, any exhibits, casts of footprints, anything like that? No. When I got the call, I brought a bunch of men out with me. I was excited, and I didn't think to stop them from tramping around. I can see why you'd be upset. Well, if there was anything to find, it's a cinch it isn't here now. Whether would have wiped it out if your men hadn't. You want to go back to town? Yeah. I want to look at the car. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. How about the exhibits from the sheriff's body? I sent the bullets and the gun in. Your lab checked it. Verified it was the sheriff's own gun. I'm talking about the clothes he was wearing. You got those, haven't you? Sure I got them. I got all the evidence there was. You should have sent it all in. I want to look at that stuff, too. Well, let's step it up. Come on, Charlie. Get up! Get up! All tagged. Everything the sheriff was wearing when he was killed. I see. Is this the shirt he was wearing? You see the blood and bullet holes, don't you? Yeah. How come your lab didn't find any prints on the gun when I sent it in? Didn't even have the sheriff's own prints. It was white clean. Hmm. Well, this is kind of odd. What? Well, the sheriff was shot twice, and they dug one slug out of him. The other one passed clean through. Yeah, according to the coroner's report, one slug hit his collarbone. That stopped it. Yeah, that's what I mean. The course of the bullets. Both shots fired into the left side, just above the kidney. But the one that came through came out the right side of his shirt collar here. Right through his neck. What about it? It's a funny course for a bullet to take. Unless the man who fired the gun was lying down and fired up at the sheriff. Yeah, 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 that's what I figured, too. They must have had a fight for the gun. He got it, but the sheriff knocked him down and... No, no, that isn't the way it happened. How do you know? Because the sheriff wouldn't half turn his back on a man who'd just taken his gun. Besides, these powder burns show the gun was being held right against the shirt when it was fired. What do you think happened then? Well, the sheriff must have been in some position where he was bent over forward, which he wouldn't be unless somebody was holding him in that position. Here, stand in front of me for a minute. Now, you're back toward me. What are you going to do? Slip one hand under your arms and then up behind your head in a half Nelson and twist your other arm behind you in an arm lock and bend you over forward like this. The sheriff was held like I'm holding you now. The bullets were pumped into him. See what I mean? That's just a guess. It's a guess I'm going to back up. And if the sheriff was held in a half Nelson and an arm lock, it tells us something else that there were two men in on the murder, unless the killer had three hands and used the third one to fire the gun. That's pretty smart figuring, Ranger. Only because it's the kind of figuring I've been doing for a long time. Uh-huh. Are these the photos were taken at the scene? Yeah, the sheriff's body and the car. Uh, the car, the body moved any before these were taken? Nope. car was right there, with the sheriff flat on his face beside it. And less than two feet away from it, his right side toward the car. Yeah. The bullet that passed through the sheriff came out on his right side. That means it should have hit the car. But there's no mark. I don't see that that helps us any. It helps plenty, Dunn. It tells us the sheriff wasn't killed out there. He was killed someplace else and brought out there. Listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Now we continue with tonight's case, Play for Keeps, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers.
knew that Sheriff Smithers had been killed by two men, that his body had been moved after the killing, but it wasn't nearly enough. It was evening before I figured out my next move, a move I didn't like to make. Evening, ma'am. Remember me? Why, it's Jace Pearson, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. Been a long time, Mrs. Smithers. Oh, come in, Jace. Come in. I... I I suppose you know about Bob. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I'm down here. I came by to pay my respects. Funny thing. First time Bob brought you through that door. I never reckoned you might be back someday. Looking for a man who killed him. I wish it could have been for another reason, ma'am. But Bob kept things working so well here, there seldom was any reason for a ranger to come visiting in Bradshaw County. Uh, I know how you fellas keep working along. Can I offer you a bite to eat? Please, Jace. Well, that'd be real fine, Miss Smithers. I knew it might help her and me if she could keep a little busy with her hands doing woman things in the kitchen. I tried to eat, but kept remembering the man who'd sat across this same table from me five years before. Big, honest, stubborn, and unafraid. It's mighty nice of you to stop by, Jace. Bob would have been happy to see you sitting here again. He always said a man with a good appetite was right with the world. Ma'am, I guess Jim Dunn has already asked you, but do you have any ideas about who might have killed Bob? Oh, no. Everything went so well for a few years. All I know is the last year or so, Bob was upset about gambling. He after anybody in particular? A man named Walton. Lou Walton. Has a big house on the south road out of town. Bob always says it was a gambling house, but he could never catch Walton. You mean he raided the place? A couple of times. Last time was... The night he was killed. Dunn didn't tell me about that. Bob was killed after he left there. Walton's, I mean. Dunn said they didn't find anything, so Bob started back for town. But he never got home. Mrs. Smithers. Hmm? I have to ask a favor. A favor I don't like to ask. I want to help, Jace, every way I can. I want your permission to have Bob's body exhumed for further examination. Is it necessary? I'm not satisfied with the examination that was made here. Uh, All right, Jace. I'd like to have a more thorough examination made for headquarters. I'm sending them the clothes Bob was wearing for lab check, and I don't want anybody to know about it for now. All right. You're going to get him, aren't you, Jace? I'm going to try awful hard, ma'am. Well, howdy, Ranger. I've been waiting for you. Thought maybe you might have turned in for the night. I'm going to in a few minutes. I just came back to pick up the clothing exhibits. Well, I locked them away again. I'll dig them out. I want to send them on to Camp Mabry for lab tests. Well, all right. I'll give you a receipt for them. Okay. Don? Yeah? In those reports of yours, I didn't see any mention of a man named Lou Walton. Why should there be? I understand that Walton's a gambler and that you helped Smithers raid his place the night Smithers was killed. Now, here are the exhibits. You're thinking way out of line on Walton. His alibi is airtight. According to who? According to me. I was with him all night, after Smithers left the place. You didn't come back to town with the sheriff? No, I stayed at Walton's. Why? Because the sheriff asked me to stay there. We didn't find anything, but the sheriff figured if I hung around, somebody might show up, a call up, looking for a game. And I'd be able to get him some evidence. Is there anything else you want to know? No, I guess that lets Walton out. I'll take these things. Sure, go ahead. See you tomorrow, Dunn. Number, please. Oak Hill, 243. Moment, please. 
Walton, done. Now get those people out and shut down. Why? What's wrong? That range is too smart. I tried to make things look good for myself, and, well, I guess I made them look too good. How much does he know? All he's going to know. You just close down and stand pat until he wears himself out. The sheriff's body was dug up and the examiner's report sent on to Austin. Headquarters also had the exhibits I'd gotten from Dunn. By late afternoon of the next day, Captain Stinson telephoned me long distance. Got a complete report from the lab, Jace. Go ahead, Captain. You were right about the position of the body when the shots were fired. Autopsy report shows the organs were pierced in a manner that would be possible only if the sheriff were bent over forward. Good. Anything else? Yeah. That shirt you sent up. Lab thinks Smithers was killed indoors. Why? Some lint stuck to the blood and held when it dried. Analysis indicates it comes from a fabric used in expensive carpeting. Violet color. Thanks, Captain. That may be enough to wind this up. Then you're convinced that Walton was running a gambling joint, Mr. Carlin. Was and is. I'd swear to it. But nobody's been able to prove it. You know how suckers are. They lose their shirts and keep their mouths shut. Think they're in on a smart thing and they help the racketeers to cover up. Then Walton must have been tipped off that he was being raided. Part of the racket. They pay off and get tipped off. You ever been in Walton's house? No. no. You know anybody who has been there? Well, it's no secret the newspaper men gamble moans good for him. My line of type man plays horses, I know. Uh, uh, Pete. I'll be there in a minute. Howdy, Ranger. Howdy. Uh, Pete, you ever been in Lou Walton's place? Well, come on, I don't stall. Tell the Ranger it's important. Well, oh, yeah, I've been there once or twice. I only want to know one thing. You notice any carpeting in the house? Carpeting? Oh, sure, the house is like a palace. Wall-to-wall carpet all over the place. What color? Well, it's a kind of a purple, I'd say. How about saying violet? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's what it's called. You got something, Ranger? Yeah. I'm going to wake up the nearest judge and get a search warrant for Walton. You better brush the dust off that headline you told me about. I think you're going to get a chance to use it. I was wondering when you get around to me, Ranger. Seems like everybody who wears a badge just loves to poke his nose into my life. I wouldn't worry about your nose, Walton. If you want to be smart, watch out for your mouth. (laughs) I didn't mean anything, Ranger. Just that a man ought to, well, ought to have a little privacy. And you love the death cells at Huntsville. They're real private. Well, I I always cooperated. The constable, Jim Dunn, he'll tell you that. I bet he would. Mm, Nice carpeting you got here. I like the color. Yeah. Yeah, I... Let me get you a drink or something, Ranger. All good stuff. I don't have anything but the best. (laughs) You know the old saying, the best is nothing too good. (laughs) Walton, there's been a strong cleaning fluid used on a piece of this rug. And one spot faded just a little. Well, I I spilled some wine. I had a party one night. The night the Sheriff Smithers was here last? No. No, before that. Oh. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Nobody was here the night Smithers came. No. No, nobody. The, uh... The constable, he stayed. Stayed most of the night after the sheriff left. Yeah, so he told me. Uh, Let me show you the rest of the house. Upstairs. No, thanks. I just want to look at the walls in this room. Sure pretty. You know, at Huntsville, they don't have pretty walls like these. Just cold concrete and steel bars. What do you keep talking about Huntsville? I'll tell you as soon as I stand up on this chair and rip off this new piece of wallpaper. Don't. They have no right to... Just looking for this small bullet hole, papered over. Of course, you know that one bullet went right through the sheriff. The hole was repapered because a heavy picture fell. The nail made the hole. Thirty-eight caliber nail? I did. Then I have this rug ripped up and sent to my lab, Walton. No cleaning fluid made will wipe out all of a blood trace. Even a drop is enough to hang you. I didn't do it, I tell you. Dunn shot him. It was done. Dunn shot him. Hold your wrists out. You'll never get those on me. You bet wrong this time, gambler. Now get up. I'm taking you in. 
took him through town to the county jail. And I walked over to the constable's office, but Dunn wasn't there. I had to find him quick before he knew I had Walt. I headed back for the jail, and as I turned into the street, I saw something move in the shadows. There was another car, not far from mine. The constable's car. And Dunn was getting into it. Dunn, wait a minute! Unit 10 to KTXA. Unit 10 to KTXA. KTXA to Unit 10. Go ahead, Unit 10. Unit 10 convinced Constable Jim Dunn is subject sought in killing of Sheriff Smithers, Bradshaw County. Attempting getaway headed north on State Highway 19 from Bradshaw. Alert Highway Patrol and all units for complete roadblock of area. Order no further radio communication. Subject in Constable's marked car equipped with shortwave receiver. Will do, Unit 10. Unit 10's car out of commission. Will attempt to commandeer another car for pursuit. Unit 10, 10 4. KDXA, Austin. Step out of the way, please. Step back, please. Step back. Come on, Charcoal. Let's hope Dunn heard that call. to gamble. The last part of my call had been a plant, a plant I wanted done to hear. He'd know he couldn't get more than 15 or 20 miles before he was blocked unless he took some back road, and I'd seen him take a north turn out of town toward the wagon road he'd dumped the sheriff's body on. It was 11 miles for him by car, two miles cross-country for me. I raked charcoal all the way, reached the road, and rope-dragged a couple of dead logs across it. We finished just in time. I heard the whine of a car coming over the rise in the rough road as the first glimmer of the headlights stabbed the darkness. I tied charcoal back in the trees and dropped in the brush to wait. It's the end of the road, Don. Don't try backing up. Now you haven't got any tires. I'm giving you a chance to surrender, Don. You get your chances, Ranger. You missed, Don! Now I'm coming around the car to get you. You want to shoot it out? Let's go. Uh, wait a minute. No, Ranger. You don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'll, look, I'll, I'll drop my gun. You see? I ain't armed. Come here. I ain't armed. Neither was Smithers when you lifted his gun and killed him with it. Good thing for Texas, all constables aren't like you. Come on. Walton's waiting for you at the jail. Looks like you'll be partners again at Huntsville. The following week, the headlines of the Bradshaw Times read... Sheriff Killers caught. Though Jim Dunn protested his innocence, Lou Walton's confession and evidence submitted by the Rangers convinced the court of Dunn's guilt. Both were sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. This is Joel McRae. In the 125 years since their organization was founded, the Texas Rangers have written many new pages into the history of law enforcement. With only a handful of men in a vast territory, they have never failed to live up to their slogan, first to advance, never retreat. That is the creed a ranger follows. And they have a belief that was impressed on me by one of their officers, a belief that often brings them victory over tremendous odds. In the words of the Texas Rangers... A man who is wrong can't stand up to a man who is right and keep on coming. Next week, we'll bring you another exciting case taken from the files of the Texas Rangers. Hope you'll be listening. Good night. 
Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production, Stars in My Crown. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. In just five weeks, Dennis Day and Judy Canova bring back their two delightful programs in an hour of fun for all on Saturday nights. This weekend, 400 Americans have a holiday date with death. Stay off the list. Be careful. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Presenting Joel McRae as Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, authentic stories from their official files. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Tonight's transcribed case, dead or alive. At exactly 9.13 a.m. on Wednesday, April 16, 1947, the French freighter Grand Camp, carrying a highly explosive cargo of ammonium nitrate fertilizer, blew up in the harbor of Texas City, Texas. It was the first in a chain of explosions as chemical plants, tin smelters, and oil refineries disappeared in blasts and flame. Shortly after 1 a.m. the next morning, the major chain reaction was set off the explosions rocking the city of Galveston 10 miles across the bay, where excited crowds gathered in the streets watching the raging flame-pierced sky. X-ray, X-ray, Texas City death toll, 300, hundreds more missing, scores of bodies unidentified. Paper, mister. Yeah, give me one. Here. Read about it, unidentified dead toll, still Where are the names, Vance? Where's the list of the dead? Well, they only got a few of them identified. Well, is Ralph's name there? Oh, wait a minute. No, no, he's probably all right. A working square like him would be. But he worked at one of the refineries. They're burning. Stop blubbering. You want to attract attention to me? No. No, Vance, no. But he is my brother. i got to worry about him, too, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Over here, into this doorway. Look at that blaze over there across the bay. What a spot to clean up. Money, jewelry must be laying around the streets. Just but wait. Hans, can't you crazy? There'll be police there. Rangers, you're in enough trouble now. Yeah. Yeah, Lily, you're right. But I'm getting out of it now, for good. And that place over there is going to do it. Maybe your brother Ralph is one of the dead they haven't identified. Man. you got to go there, baby. If he is, you'll have to identify him. Oh. If he is there, in with the ones they don't know. There's nothing you can do to help him. But you can help me. Vance, what do you mean? Well, if you find him there, baby, you can identify the body and say it's mine. Vance. You want me in the clear, don't you, baby? won't be chasing after me if they think I'm dead, don't you see? But my own brother, what are you asking me to do? I'm asking you to do as you're told. If you want to walk out of me, go ahead. But if you don't, you're going to want me to keep on running for the rest of my life? <laughs> or let them get me and send me to Huntsville for 10 to 20? Oh, I don't want anything to happen to you, Vance. You know that. Well, then show me, baby. Show me. You can't help Ralph if he's over there, but you can't help me, don't you see? I'll get out of here tonight. And I'll let you know when to meet me. Maybe at that resort place we passed near Lake Blue Water. We'll be free, baby. You and me, free from there on. But how? What'll we do for money? Uh, that'll be taken care of, too. There's a safe in Landstone. I've been itching to get at it for a long time. One last box job, baby, and enough to see us through. Uh, now, go ahead, right now. And remember, if you find your brother, 
He ain't Ralph Brenner. He's me, Vance Young. And come back, pack up, and stay put till you hear from me. From then on, it's gravy. Nobody ever arrests a dead man. By Friday morning, April 18th, more than 200 bodies, many still unidentified, were laid out in the Texas City High School gymnasium. Texas Rangers, including Ranger Jace Pearson, were on hand to help distraught relatives make identification. You're sure your husband isn't in any of the other places where bodies are being held? No. No, Ranger. He, he may be all right. Lots of men have been so busy helping others, he, he may be one of those. Oh, if only he isn't here. Let's hope he isn't. The embalmers are still working on more bodies over at McGar's garage. It's the only place handy. Keep your hopes up, but don't hope too much for a while. I'll be all right. Might as well start looking through this next row now there. Pretty bad cases. Recognize anything on this one? No. This? No. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry, ma'am. Are you sure? That ring on his finger. I gave it to him a long time ago. Yeah, I know. It isn't easy, but try and get a grip. I'm all right, Ranger. You better give me the name for the tag. His name is uh, Vance. My husband, Vance Young. Young. The name burned in my mind like a branding iron. There was no time to ask her, and yet I had to ask. It was part of my job. I waited until we got out into the street. There's some information I have to get from you, Mrs. Young, about your husband. All right. Did he... Did he have a criminal record? Uh, yes. Did you know we were looking for him? For a string of safeguards? How oh, does that matter now? He's dead, isn't he? Yes, I am. I'm sorry, Mr. Young. You'll find some men at the desks in that building across the way. They'll help you with funeral arrangements. All right. Thank you very much. Vance Young. Jace! Hey, Jace! Huh? Oh, hello, Kurtz. Captain Simpson wants us. Where is he? The mobile unit? Let's go. I'll be glad when this assignment is over. I hope we never see another one like it. Yeah, I've helped with five identifications today. You stand there with somebody and see their life fall apart because of a freak accident. Woman who just left you, she finds somebody? Yeah, her husband. Kurtz, it was Vance Young. Vance Young? The knob knocker? Yeah. Looks like the explosion ended his case for our files. Don't you think we better check the body for prints and marks? Oh, he got it too badly. She identified him by a ring. Unidentified bodies give a knob knocker like Young a big chance to disappear. I thought of that too. Except for one thing. That woman's grief was real. She wasn't faking it. A week passed. A week of horror and nightmares. Till the fires in Texas City were controlled and stopped. And men with tight lips and grim courage started to rebuild the ruins. Most of us rangers went back to regular duty in our regular areas. Then one day, while Bud Kurtz and I had just finished a routine job and were driving back to headquarters, a call came through via short wave. KTXA to Unit 10. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Unit 10, proceed immediately to Landstone, Texas, Arthur County. Safe of mercantile store burglarized there at 4 a.m. today. Crime reported by owner when store opened at 9.30 a.m. this date. Any lead on responsible subject? Subject unidentified but known to be one man working alone, according to information given by Watchman. Watchman was overpowered, being treated Landstone Emergency Hospital. Units 10 and 6 proceeding to Landstone will keep KTXA informed. Unit 10, 10-4. Assignment authority, Captain Stinson. KTXA Austin. Landstone, about 40 miles, Jace. Yeah. Knob-knocking job, huh? Yeah. 
At least, though, there's one safe specialist we can eliminate right from scratch on this one. Who? Vance Young. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about him. Dead men don't rob safes, do they? We reached the Landstone Mercantile store at 11.15, and Sheriff Joe Pastroni showed us through. Uh, These back rooms are used for storage. He came in through the back, went through that door over there to the general office. That's where the safe is. How'd he get into the building? Forced the watchman to let him in. Watchman patrols this whole area, door shaker. Has keys to get into all the stores if he sees anything that looks funny. Then he must have met the safe cracker outside. Yeah, I guess so. Watchman was pretty dazed this morning. The doc is patching him up at the hospital. Deputy will drive him back here as soon as his head's fixed. Now, as you can see, been over everything for fingerprints. You find any? Sure, hundreds. They probably all belonged to employees of the store. Best bet is to check the prints on the safe first. Already did that. Only two sets. Owner of the store and the bookkeeper. Well, that won't tell us anything, Jace, unless one of them robbed the store. Mm, that isn't likely. Better have a look at the safe now, Sheriff. Sure thing. Our last office back here. What make is the safe, Sheriff? It's a uh, Will's Atlas, new model. That's a tough box, Jace. Steel and wrought iron plates and more alarm wires in the marionette show. Yeah, but a good safe cracker could divert the alarm circuit without tripping it. And the box is a cinch because he's got the wire holes to start working on. Here we are. You figured it, Jace. Back plate blown clean out. Yeah, didn't even have to drill. Small nitro charges in the wire holes, and it was as good as having the combination. Here's where he jumped the alarm circuit. Neat hookup, all right. You take the pictures of all this, Sheriff? Yeah, I can pick up a set of my office if you like. Thanks. Oh, Winky. Howdy, Sheriff. Rangers. I've been waiting for you. Uh, this is a watchman. How's your head? Well, Ashman ain't going to help it any, I'll tell you that. You going to get the fella? We'll be able to answer that better when the fingerprints are checked. Fingerprints? He ain't going to find any he left. He's wearing gloves. The figure, Chase. Yeah. Tell me, Winky... Would you recognize the man if you saw him again? Could you pick out his picture? Yeah. They've had his picture took with a sack over his head, I could. That ain't likely. You mean his face was covered? Had a sack over his head, like I told you. Holes for the eyes. He ain't gonna catch him by no fingerprints or pictures. Maybe you ain't gonna catch him at all. Oh, I wouldn't say that, Winky. Uh, Sheriff, would you mind going down to your office for prints of the pictures of the scene here? I'd like them sent on to my headquarters for an M.O. check. I sure take care of it right away. Uh, uh, what kind of check is an M.O. check, Ranger? It means modus operandi, Winky. All criminals have definite methods and habits. They're repeated on each job they do. Forms a pattern. Well, there's sure a pattern here, all right, Jace. Method of entry, where that circuit was jumped, sack mask, nitro charge, and the wire holes. Yeah, and it fits three men. Three safe crackers we've followed before. Yeah, there's Bert Larkin. He's still doing time in Folsom for a job he pulled on the coast. Yeah. And the other two are Jack Fontaine and Vance Young. Yeah, but Young is dead. That leaves us Fontaine. You you mean you know who did it without nothing to tell you? Mm, There's plenty to tell us. A modus operandi can be almost as good as a fingerprint or a signature. I'll be winged. Maybe that fellow's going to pay off for slugging me after all. And for hurting my arm when he grabbed me in the alley there. How'd he grab you? Show me. Go ahead, show me. On you? Well, well, let's see. He whipped my arm up behind me like this. Then he jabbed a thumb up behind my ear like this. Sure hurts, don't it? Sure does. Well, you can let go now. Judo still fits Fontaine, Jace. Yeah. Or Vance Young. He used it, too, on other jobs. When did he slug you? After he made me open up the back door and let him in. You mean he sneaked up on you before you could draw your gun? Sneaked nothing. That's why I didn't get on to him at first. Heard him come walking through the alley toward me like he's taking a shortcut. You heard him? Yeah, it was dark. So I didn't see the mask until I lit a match. He asked for a light, see? Then he grabbed me. And he got me inside here and, and beat on me and kicked me. Chase, that doesn't sound like Fontaine. It wasn't Fontaine. He always sneaked a watchman from behind, and they never heard him. He always wore sneakers. Well, then who? Vance Young. 
That match trick is Vance Young's. But Young is dead. Maybe yes, maybe no. But I know one thing. I'm going to find out. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. And now, we continue with tonight's case, Dead or Alive, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. I headed for Texas City in Galveston. Kurtz and I had no way to move until we knew for certain whether Vance Young was dead or alive. As we drove, I put through a request for headquarters to dig up some information. We were still on the road when KTXA came up with the answers. KTXA to Unit 10. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead, KTXA. Have information you requested. Woman who identified body of Vance Young in Texas City gave name as Lillian Young, residing at 410 Harbor Lane, Galveston. Deceased was wearing ring used in identification. Has subject Lillian Young claimed ring? No claim has been filed yet. Ring still being held at property claims in Texas City. Unit 10 also requested check on place where body identified as Vance Young was originally found. Body was among those recovered from debris of amalgamated refinery plant 7. Unit 10 believes identification may have been falsified. Possibility Vance Young still alive. Units 10 and 6 continuing investigation. Maybe tied in with robbery in Landstone, Texas. Proceed and keep KTXA informed. Authority, Captain Stinson. Unit 10, 10 10-4. KTXA, Austin. You get that address, Kurtz? Yeah. 410 Harbor Lane, Galveston. If we're right, she may have cleared out by now. But we've got to try it. What do you want me to do? I'll drop you at Texas City. Get that ring and check every living person who worked at Amalgamated. See if any of them remember that ring and the man who wore it. Right. I better call KTXA again and have that marriage record traced. Find out when and where that woman married Young. What her maiden name was, everything we can get. We'll be in Texas City in a couple of minutes. I can start the check from there and bring the information to you where we meet. The Harbor Lane address in Galveston. found the rooming house Lillian and Vance Young had lived in, but I was too late. Lillian Young had checked out the day before. The landlord showed me the room. They, uh, they lived here. Five, six months, all told. You get to know the husband very well? I tell you the truth, Ranger, I hardly ever saw him. Only time he ever left the place was at night. His wife said his eyes got hurt in the war or something. The, the sunlight bothered him. When did you see him last? When they moved out? No, no. He he wasn't with her then. Last I saw him was, uh... Oh, he went out about a week ago. Night of the big blast over at Texas City. Cracked the wall plaster here. Are you sure you didn't see him after that? Oh, I'm positive. I, I don't think he ever did come back. Didn't even hear no talking from the room. Just, just her. Crying an awful lot. I see. She decided to leave kind of sudden? Oh, like a jackrabbit hearing a hound dog. Left for work yesterday morning, came steaming back about an hour later. Give me the keys, pack up, and left. Came back from work. You know where she worked? Yeah, yeah, she was a waitress. The, uh, uh Bayshore Diner. Bayshore Diner. Thanks. Throw she up and quit on it just like that yesterday morning. Right smack in the middle of the breakfast rush, too. Because the postman come in and gave her a special delivered letter. Who was it from? Who was it from? With 20 orders of ham and in the fire, I got time to read a mail? All I know is she leaves me the serving, the dishes, and the cleaning oh, and everything. Oh, stop beefing, Chuck. That little old gal had trouble. Yeah, yeah, you should talk. All you got to do is drive one cab. You don't have the serving and the dishes and the cleaning and everything. Why don't you find yourself a little old chaplain to hear your troubles and give me some coffee? Come on. Okay, okay. Maybe you can tell a ranger more about Lil than I can. Hanging around her, making eyes at her all day. You took her out when she left here. Is that right, driver? Did she leave here with you? Well, she hired my cab, if that's what you mean. Where'd you take her? Well, I took her home. 
Waited while she packed some things, then rushed her to the bus depot. She said somebody in her family was sick and she had to go help them right away. I guess that's what the letter was about. I was sitting there having my breakfast like I always do, and I... Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. But what about the bus depot? You know what bus she caught? The northbound toward San Antonio. Cut it mighty fine, too. Got there just about a minute before the bus pulled out. Would have made it a lot easier if she didn't make me come dashing back about a mile after we left here. Back here to the diner? No, back to the laundry down the street. Guess she had some stuff in there. Although, she didn't bring a bundle out with her. Then on top of that, she says she can't pay me. Not that I'd mind, except for the ten extra blocks back to the laundry. I could have put the flag back up as she told me beforehand. You say the laundry's right down the street? Yeah, about half a block. Thanks. I'll walk down. Hey, Jace! Hi, Kurtz. Fellow at the rooming house told me you came down here. Yeah. Find out anything on that ring? Plenty. A couple of men who worked at Amalgamated recognized it. Belonged to a plant man named Ralph Brenner. And it wasn't Young. No. I got that rundown on Young's wife. Her maiden name was Lillian Brenner. The guy she identified was her brother, not her husband. And that's why she was broken up. I knew that part wasn't an act. Come on. Where are we going? We're going into the laundry business. Yeah, she was real upset because the things wasn't ready, but you know how it was, Ranger. We was almost ten days behind because of Texas City. They was even using our delivery trucks for emergency over there. Some of our men left the job to help out. Yeah, yeah, sure, but uh, what did she leave here? Waitress uniforms? Oh, lands, no. Diner up there has a regular uniform service. All she ever left here was men's shirts. Probably Vance's shirts, Chase. Yeah. Uh, real good shirts, too, Ranger. Kind you don't have to starch at all. And real fancy colors, too. Dude wouldn't want to be found dead in some of them. Did she say she'd be back to pick them up? Oh, no. She, she asked me to send them to her, COD. Said she needed the money she had on her for traveling. Shirts like that, you'd think her and a man was living off the top of the hog, but... Sure, she... sure, but uh, did she give you an address? Oh, yeah, I got it right here in this book. Mm. Um, right here. She, she wrote it down herself. General delivery... Lake Blue Water. Uh, the shirts are ready now. I'm going to mail them out tonight when I leave. We'll save you the trouble. Wrap them up, and we'll deliver them for you. Kurtz and I headed for Lake Blue Water, towing our horses in the trailer, ready to follow Vance Young no matter which way he moved. It was dark as we drove into the town. The clock on the courthouse was just striking nine. Not many people on the streets, Jace. Looks like everything's closed up for the night, except for the moving the drugstore. Better find a place and turn in. Yeah, I think we ought to drive out of town and camp someplace off the lakeshore. Walk the horses out for a while. I thought we were going to plant that laundry bundle at the post office in the morning, watch for a pickup. We are. Well, why not pasture the horses at the edge of town, find accommodations right here? If we stay in town overnight, it may start some talk. Talk drifts. We don't want to tip our hands. Well, I guess you're right. Well, let's get out to the lake and find a campsite. Uh, funny thing about Young's wife remembering his shirts. Guess it's force of habit for a woman. Strong thing, habit. His safe-cracking habits told us he was still alive. And now maybe her habits are going to make him wish he was dead again. skirting the shore on one side of it. Then as we rounded a curve and passed a house in a group of resort cabins, I spotted something. Hey, Jace, what's the matter? I saw something. Wait till I back up. Headlines picked it up as we came around this curve. There. Look at those. All I see is the back of a few cabins, some wash on a line. Look at those two shirts on the end of the line. <laughs> Look like a couple of rainbows, even in this light. Hey. That's the kind of color scheme Vance Young goes in for. Shirts we have in the laundry bundle are just like those. Lights on in a few of the cabins. Yeah, I'm going to leave the car here while we have a look at those shirts. Horse trail will make too much of a racket if we drive in. Yeah, no chance of being taken for tourists with that on the back. Better cut the motor and douse the headlights. Yeah. What was the laundry mark on those shirts we've got? 410 mark. That was the number of their house in Galveston. Come on. Let's see if we can find it on that line. Close the car doors easy. Right, right. 
them down so we can get a better look at it. What's the matter? Clothespin stuck. There, I got it now. Hold it low to the ground. I'll cut my hand with the flashlight. Good. There it is. 410. These belong to our boy, all right. Quite a few cabins, Jace. He's in one of them. That's all we have to know. Come on. Start with this end cabin and go right on down the line. We better be ready for anything. Here's the first stop. Dark, Jace. Yeah, you have to feel your way around. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be anybody living here. Ah, this one's empty. Now let's move All on. All right, you. What? Hey, uh, put that flash out before I fire. No, no. Oh, Rangers, huh? I'll put it on. That's better. Who are you? Uh, name's uh, Ed Bullock. I own these cabins. Uh, just walking back from the boat dock with a couple of guests. Saw you sneaking in the dark. You, uh, you looking for a place to stay? No. We're looking for a couple named Young. Oh, well, that's funny. It was Mr. Young who spotted your shadows. Hey, Mr. Young. Was that Young just with you? Yeah. Oh. Uh, him and his wife was right behind me when I flashed lightning in here. They spotted us, Jace. Yeah. Come on. Hey, hit my boat. Somebody started my boat. Is that the only boat you got down there? Only one with a motor. There's a canoe. We're not going to reach him, Jace. They'll head across the lake. How far is it, Bullock? A mile and a half. Kurtz, grab your horse from the trailer. You can beat him around to the far side if you ride hard. When you get there, flash your light. That'll keep him from trying the shore over there. Right. What about you? I'm taking the canoe. And hurry. We'll get him. Uh, uh, Ranger, I better go up back to the office. My wife... You uh... can faint later, Mr. Bullock. Right now, I need you. I'm going out in the canoe. Flash your light from this shore. They'll think I'm here and they won't dare land on either side. But make sure you don't turn the light on me in this canoe. All right, Bullock. Turn your light on as soon as I get out in the open water. I paddled the canoe toward the center of the lake. Kurtz beat the youngs around to the opposite shore, and I could still hear their motor when I saw the beam of Kurtz's light. The youngs saw it, too. The beam wasn't strong enough to reach them. I heard the boat in a turn, and the motor came back toward me for a moment. And it went dead on the dark water. What'd you stop the motor for, Vance? Shut up. They're waiting for us on each shore. But their lights don't reach us. Thanks, we gotta get out of will here. Will you shut up and let me think? There's a little wind. The boat will drift to the far end of the lake. But that's so slow. Well, what do you want me to do? I can't swim like you can. Well, why can't you use the oars? Because the oar locks squeak, stupid. They'd hear them. Yeah, there's only two of them. They can't cover the whole shore. Gee, Vance, it's so dark. And I... Hey, I hear something. What? Something in the water. You're crazy. Can't you see the lights on the shore? Well, thanks, I do hear something. I see it. It's a canoe. What? Don't move, Young. I'm coming into your boat. What? You... I'll drain you with the sword. Look out! Ah, ah, ah. Help! Help! Let go of me. Let go! Hey, have you... Have you got him? He, he can't swim. Where he's going... It won't matter. <laughs> Grab on the canoe and kick for shore. I got a nice dry shirt waiting for him. Convicted of robbing a safe in the mercantile store, Vance Young, on the basis of his previous record, was sentenced to life imprisonment at Huntsville. This is Joel McRae. Many of our listeners, particularly in Texas, recall these cases we've been dramatizing, and some listeners have sent in questions about the Rangers. Yes, it's true. There are only 50 Texas Rangers. And to show you how busy these Rangers are, from 1946 to 1948, the Rangers handled nearly 17,000 cases. With Texas as big as it is, that means they cover about four times greater area per man than any other police officer in the world. Next week, we'll have another authentic story I believe you'll enjoy very much. Like the others, it's based on their official files, adding further glory to the Rangers. Hope you'll be listening. Good night. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of 
the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Your Saturday hour of fun begins in four weeks. You will hear Judy Canova and this young man. Hello, everybody. This is Dennis Day. On October 7th, I'll be starting a new season on the air. There'll be fun for all, lots of music and laughs. So join us for our opening show October 7th over your favorite NBC station. Yes, beginning October 7th, hear Dennis Day, then Judy Canova in an hour of fun on NBC. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Thanks for joining us for Tales of the Texas Rangers with Joel McRae. This is your host and storyteller, John Hagedorn. This is 1001 Stories from the Old West. Reviews are always appreciated. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll be back soon.